The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The brain is our personal tool to keep us at our best and realize self-esteem. The mind, body, and immune system work together to help us make the right choices and to reach our purpose and potential. Welcome to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Lindsay and her guests are the go-to experts when it comes to relationships, sexuality, parenting, and wellness. We're here to enlighten and inform you. Now, here is your host, Lindsay Levinson. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson. I'm your host here at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. We are on voiceamerica.com and we're on the Variety Channel. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for always tuning in. And if it's your first time, thanks for joining us. And if you come back time and time again, that is greatly appreciated. You have been great followers. This station is growing fast and the listeners are the reason that is happening. So, Gratitude is being offered for you, listeners, and I want to tell you that I do appreciate it. Illuminating Now, that is all one word, and that is the name of our Facebook page. We have an interactive Facebook page that often has questions and answers that you, the community, contribute. We ask you quite often hard questions. What would you do with infidelity? How do you handle the loss of somebody that is a loved one? Or how do you handle it if it happens to a friend? Should you talk to them? We ask things like that, but you guys contribute. And we name answers on the air. And we give your names of who gives these answers. And we go back on Facebook and talk about what happened. So it's very interactive, and the community has grown. And it's been very helpful, I think, for all of us to learn something from each other. So thanks for that. My personal site, qualityforlifecoaching.com, I have a private practice in my local town, but I also do Skype and phone sessions, so feel free to hit me up for that, but qualityforlifecoaching.com has had a makeover, and it's interactive, and you can download iTunes, and there's a blog, and it's exciting, and I get ranked higher if you go check it out, so I'd love it if you would. But I also certainly would love to be of value to you. So if there's anything on there that can be, please connect, you know, connect with me. Let me know if I can help you in any way. Qualityforlifecoaching.com Recently, a press release went out talking about the renewal of the show, the stunning growth. Um, in less than five months, we have built a community that in, in less than five months hit almost 20,000. I think we're over 20,000 now, but that is because of you listeners. And so thank you so very much for your participation and your loyalty because it takes loyalty for people to keep coming back to get 20,000 people in five months or more. So thanks. We have guests coming up, and this was named in the press release as well, one of which is on today, and we will be talking about her and to her in a moment. Jennifer Elizabeth Masters is the author of Orgasm for Life. That's a newly released book that was released in May of 2014. She's named in that press release, as is Alan Fox. 
He's a New York Times bestselling author, and he's coming back on the show for return with his new book. We have an Emmy-nominated film director coming on our show. We have Oprah's named ambassador of hope, Morella Scott, and she is nationally acclaimed as an author, an award-winning author. And her subject of her newest book, uh, David Takaro, he is a story of leukemia and bone marrow transplantation, and it's a very compelling and inspirational story. Those are just some of who's coming onto the show. So that was in the press release. I want you to take down the name of our guest today or some of the addresses. I always do this in the beginning of the show because I like you to relax and listen to the conversation we're about to have. But Jennifer Elizabeth Masters, exactly how you think it sounds, but J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R, Elizabeth Masters, M-A-S-T-E-R-S, dot com. Jennifer Elizabeth Masters.com and also her blog, which I will tout throughout this show because it's unique and special and you're going to want to check it out. That's Jennifer Elizabeth Masters.blogspot.com. And that blog is called Love Yourself Fearlessly. It's very engaging and, as I said, very special and worthwhile. And she'll talk more about it, but please write that name down. In a couple more minutes, I'm going to introduce her. She was on the show June 18th because her book was released just a couple weeks shy of that. And it, that show was wildly successful, I will tell you. We got some great response. And that's because it was a show about sexuality. And you guys called out for more and wanted to understand more about sex and intimacy and orgasm and, and pleasure and relationship and individual intimacy. So we decided to put together a two-part series. And so today is part one of that series. And we're going to talk about individual sexuality today and how to know your own body, your own self, your own orgasm, and how to have that experience and intimacy. And then we'll move toward next week where we bring that toward relational dynamics and how to take what you know about yourself and bring it into relationship. Let's just talk a moment about Jennifer Elizabeth Masters, and then let's introduce this gal, because you're going to want to hear from her. She was born and raised in Toronto. She learned early that some of the most profound experiences aren't always the most fun, not only because they're, they deliver treasures or jewels or joy, but they do teach you about you. She was healing and is healing, because you always are, from anything that's traumatic in your childhood, dysfunction, molestation, Jennifer went on a journey that would take her around the world. She traveled from Europe, India, Bali, across the U.S. She lived in Montreal and London. She lived so many places, and I want her to speak to what's gone on in her life because from being a flight attendant to a master gardener, owning her own landscape design installation business called For Heavenscapes, great name, right, for 11 years, This is really a special woman, fearless, unique, and you're going to find out exactly why. She's an author. She's an inspirational speaker. She's a hypnotherapist, a certified life coach, also a mother of three, a master energy healer, and an ordained minister. So these are all really important things to know about her. This is her life experience, and she brings a lot of it to us, and that's very valuable. She's been married and divorced four times. And she is an empowerment and sex coach for women. She has a lot of information for men 
because she's learned about all of these dynamics. And the book Orgasm for Life, she's just all the more in demand, let me just say that. (laughs) She's in the news, she's in demand. We're really lucky to have her for the two-part series that we do. So I just want to say, Jennifer, you are crazy busy, you're traveling, you're working, you've got projects, and thank you so very much for being on the show here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lindsay. It's great to be here. I really appreciate you having me. You're welcome. You know, our listeners, this is a this is a key subject. This is, um, as I said, it was a big hit when you were on the show. Um, we had high rankings. We're able to see that, and we only get them so often, but we were able to see that, and um, that's part of why that press release went out. and And so, I want to talk to you now as we talk about individual sexuality and understand a little more about that. What do you think, you know, women, do do you think they know what they want? Do do women think they know what they want? And do you think women know what they want being (laughs) being the one who coaches them? Uh, This is a really vast subject. Women think they know what they want, but they don't. They don't even know who they are. And yes, that's a broad generalization, but from the women I've spoken to, this is really typical, that most women spend their lives getting to know their partners, you know, throwing all their energy into their partner without getting to know what it is they want, what are they passionate about, what makes them happy, or even what gives them pleasure. So when a man asks them, what would you like me to do, most women have no clue where men the flip side of this is that men can describe in great detail what they want, what they want you to do for them, uh, but women don't have that in understanding of themselves and their own sexuality. That's really interesting. And you know, what's so funny is that, you know, I go back to a very primitive time and a primitive statement, which I know I work with, I myself, and I know you do too, but I work with couples and I'll talk to people about kind of primal. Men are protectors and providers and hunters and gatherers, you know, sort of that's a primal statement. And women are nurturer and pamper. And um, and it's kind of funny when you think about that, because as protector, provider, you know, or even hunter, gatherer, a man knows what he wants. He's going to get something. He's going to provide something or you know, he's responsible. And women as a nurturer, pamper, are looking to meet another's needs. You know, what, what does someone else want? And so that's very primitive. But it's interesting how that plays out. As you say, women are looking to see what their partner wants and kind of in life, I think, what chil- you know, they're looking what the children need. And, you know, women play that role and don't pay a lot of attention. And, and quite often, don't you think women feel guilty if they pay a lot of attention to what they want, that that's taking time away from something that they should be giving to someone else. Is that part of it? Well, that, that definitely is part of it. Um, women don't spend a lot of time, you know, thinking about their own needs. Um, they, they may get upset or hurt or angry at times when boundaries have been crossed and not recognize what exactly it is that they're experiencing. Uh, but yet they don't spend a lot of time, you know, thinking about themselves and you know, what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of this? Right. Because you brought up even not knowing who they are or what they're passionate about as much. And, and I think that's true. They, you know, they're very passionate putting themselves into 
again, if they're kids or if they're spouse or whoever they're dating, you know, just they want to make sure everyone's okay. And and that's a passion women have. And, and you know, whether they just, it's an oversight or they actually feel guilty to take time. So what about their bodies? I mean, do you think a woman explores her body? Does she, again, is that something she takes the time to do? Or is there guilt around really understanding, getting to know your own body or anatomical structure and where your sensors are to be turned on? Does a woman do that? From the women that I've interviewed and spoken to most women don't even masturbate on their own and men conversely <laughs> do <laughs> quite openly you know they're, they're they make no no bones about it <laughs> um, but women often feel guilty about touching themselves and exploring themselves and this is one of the things that I talk about in my book is that how can you possibly tell your partner what it is you want if you don't even know what feels good. So the only way to know what feels good for yourself is to touch yourself. Get to know what it is that you like and guide your partner through your own process. And a lot of women just feel guilty about that. And yet, if we weren't meant to touch ourselves, we wouldn't have arms that would reach down below the waist you know (laughs) we were made so that we could we can caress ourselves and it is actually part of a loving you know loving relationship with yourself and and so getting beyond that guilt it's it shouldn't be a guilty thing but you know that is something that's been instilled in us from childhood don't touch yourself don't do that right (laughs) and so getting getting beyond that can be even in adulthood And, and I've also seen women who you know, we've been programmed no sex before marriage and and even when we have you know there may be some guilt but getting married and it's okay to have sex once you have that certificate that could still be an issue for some women that you know it's been beaten into our heads no sex no sex no sex and all of a sudden we have this piece of paper and it's magically okay and <laughs> and sometimes women are hung up on that right right you know and I wonder, too, it's, it's more basic for men. Let's just face it. I mean, men have an extremity that is a basic force to work with. So masturbation is, once again, maybe I'll say primitive. You can kind of work the program there, and you're going to get the outcome. And women are complex. And, and I'm not going to say two men are alike, but, you know, we each, as a woman, were designed so anatomically unique in not just truly anatomy, but pleasure sensors and exactly where they are, how they are. And, and I think you and I talked on the last show about this. We're not even the same two days in a row. <laughs> no, that's true. And it makes it very difficult for men to understand us because one day we may be yelling you know, squeeze our our nipple or bite me here, lick me there. And then the next time we may, you know, we're like the hunter with the spear in our hand. Don't you dare touch me there. And so men are reeling. They don't know they don't know which end is up and they don't know what to do when. And uh-huh. and so women definitely we you know we are very difficult to understand. And, and the other thing you had asked earlier about, do women know what they want? And I've seen this time and time again, where women even ordering a meal in a restaurant, they spend 
time poring over the menu, deciding what they want. And then when it comes and they look around the table at what everyone else has been served, they wish they'd chosen differently. And that happens in all areas of our lives where women think they know what they want but when they see what others have they go oh my gosh I go I why did I want that why didn't why didn't I ask for something else and so so this is a real common problem it's one of the things I help women with is determining what is it you really love what do you love about you and what is it you want in a partner that is so that is so. You say so many things that resonate, and you always have for me. But um, so, first of all, I, on the side of the restaurant, I have to just laugh because I have a standing rule that goes with anybody I go to eat with, and I, no matter, I, I, even if I open the menu and I know what I'm going to get, I say, and I close the menu, I say to the person I'm with, "You have to tell me what you're getting because I might be jealous." But I, <laughs> <laughs> I might need to, ch- I might change what I'm going to order based on what you say. So just tell me first, so I understand if jealousy is going to come up, and then I'll just change my order. So well, I have to have to I, laugh at that. I have an, I have another side to that story. I ask whoever I'm dining with, "Can I have a forkful of whatever you're having so that I can enjoy yours too?" <laughs> I think I like yours better. You get the best of everything. So, yeah, I mean, with women, okay, so back to the sexual side of things. That's part of where I'm headed with that is that while we, and I'm so with you, exactly, you know, bite my nipple, freaking don't touch me there. Like we, okay, two days in a row, the poor guy, you're right, spinning, doesn't know what is going on and we are, have changed. Same with, you know, ovulation or menstrual cycle or different times of the month, different times of whatever. But we also, that's part of my point is learning our own bodies is confusing to us is what I'm saying. It can take a, a while and and. Do we give up? Do we do we try to figure things out? And where a man, if he does certain things, usually it's going to culminate in a pleasurable experience. So why not do it? Why not do it in the bedroom? Why not do it in the shower? Why not do it here and there and everywhere? And you know, when a woman is like, it might take some time or energy, or it's just not happening, and you don't exactly know, or what you did yesterday isn't working today. Do women try but can't really? You know, or how is a woman supposed to really know? How to achieve it. I've worked with with some women who did not masturbate and trying to get them beyond that barrier has been really challenging. And, you know, try as I will to break that barrier, a lot of women just can't go there. So they have to direct their partner, husband, mate, whatever, to do it for them. And that's a little bit more challenging because they haven't done the exploration themselves. So what I recommend is do this together. You know, you can sort of show him what what it is you like and then allow him to take over if you have an issue doing it yourself. But a lot of women do give up on self-pleasuring because they can't get there. Yeah. I remember when I was in graduate school in my in the master's program that I was in and there was a sexuality class and they, you know, so one whole, I don't know, one whole portion of it was dedicated and we saw films and everything, and it was all, and it was about masturbation and women, and they were talking about literally light candles and take a bath and have a date with yourself. And so many people in the class were just, just thought that was a hoot, just thought that was hilarious. Like, I'm not, you know, so that's what the whole thing about women taking care of other people. They were thinking, it's hard enough to figure this out. Do you think I'm going to light candles and put a bath and put on the music? I like, you know, they just didn't have time for it. And, 
And so I think women, yeah, are trained not just guilt, but just the investment on what this takes. And also, when you talk about work together, what is, what is it that you have found in women's ability to be involved? Do women, aside from exercises that you might be really working on with someone, do you find that women will talk to men? Because I find from men that they're saying women, women are kind of quiet. You know, they kind of just aren't too talkative when it comes to <laughs> what's going on. Well, what I've heard from men is that they, they think we talk way too much about <laughs> things that don't matter. And then when it comes to the bedroom, we shut yes. up. We don't, we're mute. It's like we have no voice at all. And, and part of that is fear. We're afraid. And, and I believe that some of this has come from our DNA. This is intracellular and multi-generational and, and we're born with this innate fear and that, you know, historically women have just laid there and, and men have pleasured themselves and women, you know, if they had pleasure, they were lucky. Uh, but that is still going on in many countries, like India, for example. That's the case. Women do not partake. They don't participate. They are basically a receptacle. And, and so a lot of this fear that's inside the bodies is, is part of what blocks us and what stops us. And fear, not, not trust, is, is the issue. If you can't get beyond fear, then it's really difficult to have an orgasm. Yeah, and I because right because it comes from the brain. So if you're locked in fear, you're somewhere else in your brain, and it's not going to happen. But it's interesting because what about then control? Do women want to? You know, because is that the opposite or is that the same thing? If women want to control an experience, this is this is really a, a powerful subject that you've just brought up, Lindsay, because. Control and fear go hand in hand. Control comes from fear. And we control others when we are afraid. We could be afraid of losing our mate. We could be um, afraid of um, some insecurity that we have. We, we could be afraid of betrayal. There, there's a lot of different things that, that women can be afraid of. And, of course, you know, one of the things is men typically are bigger than us. You know, they're, they're stronger than we are. And, you know, we're in a very vulnerable position with our legs up over our heads. So, you know, uh, fear can come up. And when we have fear, it, that not only does it block, you know, having that or- orgasmic experience, but it, it can also conjure up a lot of, you know, other issues that, you know, that get in the way. So we have to let go. You, you can't be controlling and in fear to have a pleasurable experience. Letting go is what we want to do. And so we want to be relaxed. We want to be, and a lot of women hold their breath. And when you're not getting enough oxygen, then you're not going to get enough pleasure either because we want to, you know, you, you've got to get oxygen into the cells and, you know, into the vagina. And, and that's part of what happens is that we're oxygenating our blood. Holding your breath does the opposite. And, right. and, and there are some women that suffer from, uh, I have a real hard time pronouncing it, it's dyspareunia. It is pain with intercourse and and this is coming basically from fear it's like a frozen vagina and 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 there's a releasing that has to happen for um even sex to take place because it's too painful and this seems like and i'm sure you must work with this so much then i mean this is all 
and maybe I shouldn't make it a statement. It should be a question. Is is this all in the brain? As someone, I work a lot, so much with the brain. It seems like this is brain work. I mean, yes. someone, yeah, it's it's work. Someone's got to get okay up in their head with being able to let go or feel safe or, you know, want the enjoyment or think they deserve it. It's stuff that's in their head to get grounded enough to take that breath. It, do you think that's true? Absolutely, it's true. And one of the things that has has you know I experienced this where I would disassociate and that comes from childhood trauma when we were being molested as a child we disassociate in other words we're basically not there it's like we leave our body the body's there but we're not in it and we separate and that's how we went through the you know the sexual experience as a child because we knew that it wasn't right it it just you know something felt wrong and so if you've had a pattern of doing that disassociation, it can happen when you're afraid. It could happen when you don't let go. So when you breathe and stay present, you want to make eye contact with your partner to be able to stay connected. So breath is very important. And I suggest that you open your mouth because that relaxing of the mouth and opening the mouth, you know, as above, so below, it relaxes, you know, the pelvic floor area as well. Yeah, that's very valuable what you've said. And disassociation, that's key that you bring that up too. You're right. Um, so that's such a coping mechanism for for any trauma, but certainly, certainly anything that's physically happening to you and sexually for sure as well. And even multiple personality. I mean, things happen where you must leave and go somewhere else and you learn to do that as a coping mechanism and can certainly take it with you in life or you know, have it as something that you then reassociate and use it again to to cope when something re-triggers that. So that's interesting. We um, we're going to take a break in a minute. I'm I'm interested in understanding a little bit more to just your experiences, some about this book, a little more about the book and why you wrote it. But we we are going to go to break. There's so much to talk about here. Anyway. You are listening, listeners, to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. We've got Jennifer Elizabeth Masters on as our guest, and I am your host, Lindsay Levinson. And stay tuned. We've got some really interesting stuff coming up, so don't leave us, and we'll be right back. Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Adoption changes a family forever, for the adopters as well as the adoptees. There are many adjustments that need to be made, from lifestyle to financial, and the personal rewards are unlimited. Listen every week for Your Adoption Coach with Kelly Ellison. We will examine in detail such topics as international and domestic adoption. We will talk with adoption professionals and hear stories about real families adopting. If you've been thinking about adoption or recently began the process, you'll want to tune in to be inspired every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. 
Have you learned how to play the money game? There are all kinds of rules when it comes to money. Should I spend it now or save it for the ultimate rainy day? If I make a tiny mistake now, will it really affect everything in the long term? For the answers, tune in to Cultivate Your Financial Health with Wayne Firebaugh. You'll come away from each show with a better understanding of the rules of money and how it sets up your future. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time with a replay Saturdays at 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's L-I-N-Z-I-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now. Hi, this is Lindsay Levinson. You are listening to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets, and we are back. We're back here with our guest, Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. Jennifer released her book recently, Orgasm for Life, and what a great book, what a great release, and she was on the show shortly after it released, and we got a wild response off that, so we created a two-part series to get a little more into orgasm for life and sexual experiences and orgasm and individual experiences and relational experiences, and that's what the two-part series will be. Individual is a little more where we're focused today, and next week she'll be back, and we'll talk about relationships and how do we sort of bring what we know about ourselves toward relationship and what does that do and how does that serve us? So let's continue. And I want to talk, Jennifer, specifically, you know, this book that you wrote, what I loved, I mean, there's so much great about this book and um, a lot of it was the candor and the truth and layman's terms and how real you were. It's, It's a book you can't put down. I'll say that to the audience, you, to the listeners, you guys, Orgasm for Life, you got to check it out, Amazon and Kindle. So just know that. But you're really honest. And I thought that was so bold and great. And can you tell me, Jennifer, like, you talk about your life and your experience. What have you gone through that you don't, you talk about the fact that you weren't able to orgasm for your life or through your marriages or is that true? Absolutely. Yes, it is. Absolutely. You know, it's not something that, you know, I initially wanted to come forth with. But as I was writing the book, I recognized the reason I was writing it was because I'd had all these experiences, been married multiple times, and had the same issue in each one. Men don't understand how to get a woman there. That's 
number one, women don't understand their own bodies, but also if there's been sexual trauma and millions of people have been traumatized sexually, if you haven't gone through a healing, then you could very well have energy stuck in your vaginal walls that prevents you from having an orgasm. And and then there's that fear also that's frozen in there. I went through a healing which shifted everything for me and now I'm orgasmic which you know later on in life I guess that means it's never too late to have some fun Uh, but I I did enjoy I did enjoy sex growing up I did enjoy sex through my my 20s and 30s and I did enjoy it but it wasn't until I was in my late 40s that I felt comfortable enough to say to my husband um I have to manually stimulate myself, or can you please? Otherwise, I won't get there. But up until that point, I wasn't even bold enough, courageous enough to speak about that. And and so a lot of women I know are not. I know of one person in particular, 35 years of marriage and had one orgasm. And when she mentioned it to her husband, he beat her. So, Uh you know, this is common. And yes, I... I, through vaginal penetration, most women do not have orgasm, and I certainly didn't. It, it, it might have been a rare occasion, you know, but it has to be something that takes longer than 20 minutes. And through oral sex, it would take me 45, 50 minutes or more, and most men didn't spend that kind of time. So that's not uncommon. And I do talk about that, what women need. And, and through my own experience, I started talking to other women about it. And is that, it? was it the reason you started talking to other women? Was it because you were wondering and trying to understand your own experience? Or was it? Well, well I'd read this article about 80% of women faking it. And so I started asking other women, why did they fake it? And they said, well, I, I don't ever seem to get there. And and it became common for for me. I'd be standing in Sally Beauty Supply talking to the cashiers, and and I would tell them about my book and and what I found. And they said, "Geez, you know, I, I wish my husband would read that because I don't orgasm ever." So this is common. This is this is not something that, that's a minuscule amount of people. This is this is huge, and it's global. It's not just in the United States. It's happening in India. It's happening in other foreign countries. In England, I know I've got clients all around the world with the same experience. So women, first of all, what has to happen with us is that we need to get out of our heads. You know, we we're thinking about all the things that we have to do. And the things that are undone and getting into that place of our body experiencing, you know, when our husband reaches for us, our partner reaches for us, we, the last thing we may be thinking of is sex. We may be exhausted. We may have just been breastfeeding a baby. And, and so sex is the last thing on our minds. So getting beyond that, I don't want to. And moving into yes, because you're going to end up laying there in bed like I did for many years, wishing, I wish I said yes more often. And, you know, because it it wasn't happening for me. It wasn't fulfilling for me. So I rejected sex. And that's what a lot of women do. Yeah. I mean, I, again, through clients and really through research, I, I feel like it's more than not. It's pretty rare that women... And I'm not going to say women don't like sex. I, there are certainly ways that women can enjoy sex. But as a general rule, when you talk about vaginal penetration and that kind of thing, 
I, I think this is so valid and relevant what you're talking about when you talk about it being a problem that's global. And I don't understand why there's not more attention to this, what's really going on, again, with a woman's anatomy and the G-spot and, you know, clitoral stimulation and what, you know, what's the difference and, and, and when should they be joined together and how does this even work anatomically when you are having vaginal penetration? You know what I'm saying? Like people are having intercourse and men are just thinking a woman is getting there. And most of the women that are my clients, um, not only are not getting there, but don't really love the experience and spend a lot of time, you know, with how to avoid it or how to make it short or how to get through it because they understand that their partner believes they are having a great experience. What the, and, and I'm going to expand on that even further, you know, because I'm, I'm older and I, I won't say exactly how old I am, but I'm older. So, <laughs> so am I. <laughs> so what I have found is that women 45 and above get to the point where they're so tired of not having an orgasm. They're so tired of unfulfilling sex, they're not interested. And they don't want to go there. So they're rejecting it just across the board. Not interested, sorry, don't want to. It's too messy, you know, don't want to. And they know what's going to happen, so why bother? And and so men, and we have put men here, we have lied by by faking it. Right. Men, men didn't know that we weren't coming because we were... <laughs> You know, we sounded like we were having a good time. So, you know, it's not their fault. It isn't. But women need, they need romance. They need uh, to be adored. They need to be told they're beautiful. They need to be told they look great. They smell good. And we need so much more than just you rolling over with a heart on. And we don't get excited by that. That doesn't turn us on. You know, and men are the opposite. Men can see us you know, we walk naked across the room and that could be enough for them. We are, we're not, we're just not wired the same way. We need to be, um, we need to be kind of turned on to the idea. So if you want to make love at night, start romancing your woman in the morning. Tell her she's beautiful. Leave her a note on her pillow. Leave her a rose and text her during the day. Make it an all day thing. Get her turned on in her mind first because that will help to turn on her body. But our minds need to be turned on. And then we need stimulation, not to just not two minutes, not two seconds. We need 20 minutes to get warmed up. And, and I hear men, I can just feel them going, what, 20 minutes? I'm done by then. <laughs> and, and some women need 40 minutes. So we need to be stimulated before you jump on. I mean, you've got you've got to spend this time guys or you're not going to be getting any. And and this is the bottom line is that if if women are con- going to continue to not be fulfilled, they're not going to be interested in having sex, but give her an orgasm, give her a multiple and and you will be surprised at how you change her mind because she's experiencing pleasure she hasn't had. And men, women are all all multi-orgasmic and to get a woman to a g-spot orgasm it needs at least 20 minutes we need 20 minutes of stimulation before the g-spot gets swollen enough to even be noticeable and if you've had enough uh, 
whatever you want to call it, the precursor to making love, if you've done enough of this stimulation, whether it's oral or digital, it doesn't matter. (laughs) But then you're going to notice the G-spot starts to swell. And that's located on the upper wall of the vagina. And with a come-hither motion, you can stimulate that. And that orgasm is something that's it's profound. And that will bring you closer together because there's something about that G-spot orgasm. It just bonds the two of you. And every woman is capable of it. I, I, I've got to, Lindsay, I've got to interject. There is a study that was done by a urologist at, let me see, I'm trying to remember. It was a New Jersey or New York University. And he determined Across the board, the G-spot doesn't exist. And this was done last year. Can you believe this? This guy has determined, you know, how he did it? He he researched in a lab. Can you imagine being turned on in a lab in a sterile environment to an orgasm? No. No. I mean, no. So no wonder he couldn't find a G-spot because it was a sterile environment. Women couldn't get turned on in that environment. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh, that's really interesting. That's I mean that that who is that researcher? <laughs> He's a urologist if you can imagine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know, I think that we talked on the last show. I think I said this cuz it's for sure it's a Lindsayism, but I mean, I didn't come up with it. This is this is a piece of research. In fact, I probably said on the last show when I say this to my clients, sometimes I think I'm being kind of silly and I'm it's like an anecdote or it's something funny and it's not. It's 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 scientific. So but I'll often say, hey, men are testosterone and women are emotion. And then I'll get a little chuckle and I'll say, well, no, you know, no, I'm actually not being funny. Like, this is legit. And, and it's what you're saying. It's exactly what you've just spoken to. Um, but I'm so passionate about this statement. And, and I will talk about it in the way of even getting along. So I'll talk about how if, for example, a couple's in an argument or, or something like that, um, a man truly, I'll try to explain to the woman, so then he might want to have sex, and she says, yeah, right, like, I'm really going to have sex. I mean, he hasn't even talked to me, hasn't talked through the issue, we're in a fight from the morning. Like, I don't appreciate that, that he's just going to paw me now and think we're done with it. So I'll explain to her, no, this really is his way of bonding, you know, testosterone. He just, he just needs to know he's safe and he's okay, so he would like to be sexual with you. If you would do that with him, he would then be willing to talk it through. And then I look at him and say... She is not going to let you touch her. She is an emotional creature, and there's a problem that you've created, you know, you, the, the two of you, and it's on the table. And until you talk it through, she's not safe. So when you go to touch her, she's not in the mood for you. You cannot turn her on because there's a problem. So the talking is where the woman gets safe and attracted and feels like you're her man and all that again where she can be sexual. So I explained it to them in their, each other's presence. You know, for her, she needs that talk to want to jump your bones. And for him, he kind of needs you to jump his bones to want to have the talk. And it's an interesting phenomenon, which again, I say scientifically, we're not speaking to this enough, which is sort of what you're saying with regard to... Um, you know, leaving a note in the morning and this and that. It's emotional. A woman feels like a princess if you can say good morning or leave that note or leave that piece of candy on her pillow or do something cute. She starts to feel beautiful and it takes a woman feeling beautiful or sexy or special or safe to be in her brain, like we're talking about, turned on enough to be able to access the place where the orgasm can happen. And men have to really come to terms with this because... You know, again, that's not exactly how it goes. Like you said, walk across the room naked and, you know, that's it for him. 
that it wasn't an all-day process. You know, he's turned on. Um, and it doesn't even have to be you. He could be seeing something on the TV or a magazine, and that's good enough. He's in the mood for you. So, But that's what I'm asking you. And all the work that you do, do you, you know, what do you think about our education of, you know, sexual education, truly, as we make our way through the years and move into early relationships? Um, why don't we know these things why you know who how else can we learn them do we have to go through relationship after relationship without sex you know how how can we learn this is there a better way well i i think society hasn't deemed it important enough um women's pleasure has not been in the forefront of men's minds and brains for hundreds of years look at the fact that there's viagra and no pink pill for women and i i write about this in my book i have determined that there should be a, a pill called piñata and <laughs> and and because viagra was designed with five letters from the vagina women's is uh from two letters from the penis because we can have as much fun without one and, <laughs> and so um there, society hasn't deemed it important enough and and women's pleasure isn't important enough and we you know have been sort of suppressed it's face it you know the last hundred years have been a male dominated society not matriarchal it's been patriarchal and now the the tables are turning we are moving into a matriarchal society so women's rights are becoming stronger uh Women are becoming more powerful. Women are occupying more powerful positions now than ever before. So, but women need to take ownership. You know, we need to take ownership for our own pleasure. We need to say, I want pleasure. This is what I want too, instead of just saying no. Right, right. I think that's so true. Just being able to claim something. And what do you, what's your take on a vibrator? You know, because women, do you think that's a good thing, women using vibrators? Do you think it's not? What's your feeling about that? Well, I don't own one, if that tells you anything. Um, a, a, vib- <laughs> a vibrator can be a, it's a wonderful tool. A lot of men are afraid of them because they feel that it's going to do um, away with their, their need, <laughs> you know, that, that men are going to be done away with. It's not true. But if your, your woman can't come to an orgasm with penile p- penetration, a, a vibrator is a very easy way to get her there. You know, if you're tired of, of stimulating her, yourself, then, you know, the vibrator will certainly help. But here's the, the little caveat, though. If you use a vibrator too much, no man could could use a body part fast enough to imitate a vibrator and the vibrator. <laughs> the and that's vib- interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so you could become a little uh, vibrator dependent. However, I know of many women who have men who, I have a new phrase, it's called the hair trigger penis, HTP. And that's when, <laughs> that's when a man ejaculates too quickly. So if the man has HTP, then the vibrator would certainly you know, be a viable option. And we can speak more about that if you would like. I would like to. Hair, trigger, penis. So talk, yeah, speak more to me about that. Well, that is something that a a lot of men have and it it doesn't get better with age. It doesn't get better if you have sex every day. It still is an issue. And what the issue stems from is inner rage. And let me speak that, I want to say it again. It comes from 
pent-up anger that's been stuffed and stuffed and stuffed, most likely from childhood. And so it can be cured. And energy clearing, um, there's neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy. I do all of those things to help with this HTP issue. But it definitely can be fixed. And is this your term that you yeah. came up with? Yes. I, I like it better than premature ejaculation. It's HTP. It's just <laughs> it's a, a fun way of looking at a problem <laughs> from a positive light. <laughs> Hair oh trigger God. meaning that, you know, it happens very quickly. And, and a man with this issue will have an orgasm within the first two minutes, possibly. And right. that's not enough time for a woman to come to orgasm. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah, it, that's really interesting. And is this becoming a bigger part of what you work on? Because people are becoming a little more enlightened about their anger and rage and working on that. Do you find well, that it's growing as part of what you're working on with people? Well, it, I, I think predominantly men have a, have a tendency to think that it's the woman's problem, that it's something that she is doing. So I'm not finding men for the most part unless their woman says, hey, bud, you've got an issue. Let's fix this. Let's get to the bottom of this. But most women, and, and, and I mean, I have a real close friend that complains about it all the time. And she's been in this relationship for six years and nothing's been done. Wow. So it's, well, it's a real delicate issue with men. And you're saying she's been complaining about it to him? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Um, the other thing that I, and, and I have to do some logistics to close up in a little bit here, but I wanted to, something that caught my attention that was really big um, in really the beginning of this show that you talked about your book and such was the healing. You know, that that was a big breakthrough for you. So when you talk about that, um, was that was that you going to coaching? Was that you doing hypnotherapy? I mean, what what kind of healing do you do? Because so many people suffer from molestation and other traumas that create something that are locked in the brain that change how you know. Again, you're in fear, you're in issues when you're dealing with sexual experience. Um, can you talk more about your healing? Yes, I I definitely do. I do energy healing and I do hypnotherapy and and then of course I set anchors and remove fears and that sort of thing. Um, so yes, that is part of what I do. But the way that I did it, because I, you know I I could only do so much for myself. I went to two tantric healers who walked me through a process where. Um, I was touched. I was healed. There's a book. A book. There's a movie about it called Bliss, and it, it's with Terrence Stamp, and it talks about going to a tantric healer f- to heal uh, frigidity in a woman. Wow. Okay. Well, that's super helpful. That's super helpful. So thank you for that. And um, and so yeah, I um, I do have to do some closing things. I want to sort of recap. You know, I know we have next week, and thank goodness, because this subject matter is so huge, it, it could go on for weeks. But today we talked about individual sexuality. So we, we are talking about knowing our bodies and our genitalia and what our personal needs are and our personal wants and really anatomical pleasure sensors, you know, how to discover that. We're talking about big differences in men and women and the discovery process for them. And really, truly investing in really understanding sexuality from within. You know, that's a really important process. And I don't think society gives it enough um, attention and worth. But we need to start doing this individually. 
we're talking about the truth of intimate pleasure and greater fulfillment of relationship pleasure, which we're going to move toward next week. Jennifer Elizabeth Masters, she will be our guest for part two of this series next week as we move on to relationship dynamics and sexuality. But today I want to say, Jennifer, thank you so very much for being a guest today and in advance for being our guest next week as well. Thank you, Lindsay, for having me. It was delightful. You're welcome. It's, it's such a pleasure. I will repeat that, you know, for anyone who's trying to track this, Jennifer was on the show June 18th. And so, again, you know, listen to that, listen to today's show, and, and listen next week as well, August 13th. And so this is a series that goes on because this subject matter goes on. And so Lindsay's life secret, here it is. We sometimes think that other priorities in life are more important than knowing ourselves or loving ourselves intimately, our bodies. This really isn't true. It's just not true. And that's not because it's my opinion or it's a cliche. You know, I'm going to say it's a fact and it's a real subliminal fact. I work with the brain a lot. I work with subconscious and that's really much of what controls us, what sits in our brain at these deep, deep levels that we aren't even that conscious of, but they matter. They have a lot to do with how our life turns out. The love you feel and the knowledge that you have of yourself, it creates a strong self-identity that lets you have the greatness you deserve. And, and this is in all areas of your life. So self-love runs deep and it's critical for you to find joy and to give joy and to hold on to joy that you do find. So really, I've asked Jennifer Elizabeth Masters, you know, what can we do? But I'm going to tell you guys, Check out the book, Orgasm for Life. It is fantastic. It is down to earth. It does include real experiences and authentic stories about Jennifer. And you can learn from someone else's experience. Check out jenniferelizabethmasters.blogspot.com. That is the blog that she has, Love Yourself Fearlessly. So please do check those out. And again, her book can be found on Amazon and Kindle. It's accessible. Please follow us and... We are Illuminating Now on Facebook and, of course, uh, at Sign Illuminating Now for Twitter. You guys are busy people. You choose this show. I really appreciate it. We're Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets, and you've built a community that has hit 20,000. So thanks so very much. I can't tell you how grateful I am. I am your host, Lindsay Levinson. Jennifer Elizabeth Masters has been our guest. And I wish for you a powerful and intimate week. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for joining us for Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Please join Lindsay Levinson again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 